Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynnett, and today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Metropolitan Family Services DuPage, Napa Voice, and the DuPage Children's Museum. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now representing Metropolitan Family Services DuPage is Nicole Cameron. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Really glad to have you. Now, you're a relatively new ED. I've been with Metropolitan Family Services for 10 years, but joined up as the ED on uh, January of 2020. So yes. right, jumped right in yes, there, I right? Did. Right pre-pandemic. <laughs> yes. So let's start off with a, a pretty simple question, which is Metropolitan Family Services is about uh, behavioral health. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. So behavior health um, refers to the relationship between one's daily habits, good and bad, and how that affects their physical and mental health, such as eating habits, exercise and sleeping routines, just to name a few. Okay, now how is that different than mental health? Because obviously in the last 24 months, I think we've yeah. talked a lot about mental health, right? Um, how, how is mental health and behavioral health different? So those terms are used interchangeably often, but they actually don't mean the same thing. Um, mental health and behavioral health are connected, but again, they're not the same. And here's the difference. Mental health focuses solely on one's psychological state, thoughts and feelings, whereas behavioral health really includes a person's state of mind and their actions. All mental health issues are included in behavioral health, but not all behavioral health issues are included in mental health. And I'll give an example. Um, if someone has really healthy eating habits and eats a nutritious diet, that's going to impact their physical and emotional health in a positive way. And on the reverse, if someone's eating an inadequate diet paired with feelings negatively about body image or food, those behaviors can result negatively or impact negatively on your physical and mental health. Yeah, it really is kind of interesting how you're sort of, it, everything is connected, but in different ways, right? Right, right exactly. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about some of the issues that you're helping your clients address. Yeah, so um, at Metropolitan Family Services DuPage, we meet clients where they are by providing them with the services they need. Our goal really is to provide holistic, wraparound, comprehensive services. Um, some of the issues that we address with our clients include adoption-specific concerns, anxiety and depression symptoms, behavioral issues, extreme stress and family crisis, grief and loss, major life transitions such as divorce or death of a family or a caregiver, um, trauma. Those are all issues that we help our clients address. Okay, and um, you know, talk a little bit about your programs because you, I would imagine, and I think I know that you, you target a lot of different groups, right? So it's everything from adolescents and children, adults, seniors, family. Talk a little bit about some of your yeah. programs, Nicole. Yeah, so in our behavioral health services, we provide counseling and therapy and case management, crisis stabilization, um, care coordination, psychiatric evaluation and care, for children, adults, and seniors. But in addition to our behavioral health services, we provide domestic violence services. And that's a comprehensive model. Uh, we work to eliminate barriers and provide greater, faster, equal services. Um, we provide um, a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week um, domestic violence hotline, 
court advocacy, an emergency shelter, family and adult uh, programming, prevention and outreach. Okay. Talk a little bit more about that because obviously I know in the last two years those numbers have increased. Uh, the incidents of domestic violence have, have gone up. And that isn't always, we often think of it as only a female issue. It's not only a female issue, Correct. right? Um, and so this last two years has been, been tough in that. So talk a little bit more about what you do in that area and how you help uh, a client navigate through that process. First and foremost, we make sure that safety, that we safety plan with our clients to make sure that they're safe. And then really each client is different. It, we really wrap services around that individual client. It, if it's a mother and a child or a family or a dad, whatever the client may be, if it's, we assess based on each individual and then we wrap services and provide the services needed for that client. So it could be that they need emergency shelter. It could be that they don't need shelter, but they need adult programming or a support group. Um, their child may need to be able to talk about it and we might need to deal with the trauma. So it really depends on each individual situation. Okay, and with that hotline, and I know over the years I've talked to a, a couple of your clients who've used it, but, but talk a little bit about that, like what that experience is like, Nicole. And if somebody sees that number, they know they need yeah. it, kind of how does that work? Yeah, so calling the hotline, you can call the number and our volunteers and staff are 40 hour trained. So whatever questions they have or any link of services they're looking for, those intake call, callers can take that and help identify where to refer that client to. If it's our internal programs, if it's shelter need, or if it's to talk to an advocate or an order of protection, whatever they're calling for, then that hotline directs their call. And sometimes they manage in crisis. If a client on the other line is in the middle of a crisis, they're trained to handle that as well. Okay, so it really is, it's a great, it's a great community service, obviously. Right? Yes, it's comprehensive. We look at not only serving the client and the immediate need, but also prevention and outreach, getting into schools and talking about healthy relationships, trying to get in there and form healthy habits right from the beginning. Yeah, that's an important part, right? It is. It, it, because I think oftentimes, you know, we, we think about raising children with good habits, but, yeah. but sometimes we don't think about sharing that information should they find themselves in situations that aren't as positive as one would exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about your staff. I know you're really proud of them, but give yeah. us an idea of, of some of the roles and different positions that you have. Yeah. So our mission at Metropolitan Family Services is to empower individuals. We do that by providing the services needed to strengthen families and communities. And we have a wonderful, dedicated, um, trained staff who include social workers, therapists, psychiatrists, domestic violence advocates, early childhood educators, support staff. They're trained in evidence-based practices and recovery models to best meet the needs of our clients. Uh, we work to empower, like I said, our clients to learn, to earn, to heal, and to thrive. Oh, say that again. I really like yeah. that. To learn, to earn, to heal, and to thrive. Yeah, that's, that really is. It's not just a short-term Band-Aid solution. No, it's not. We really are looking at how we can best meet the needs of each individual that comes to our services. Yeah. As we wrap up, Nicole, um, if there's one thing you'd want somebody listening to, to just think about or consider, what might that be? You know, DuPage County is a huge county, and there's so many needs um, across the county, and I think... Focusing on mental health, domestic violence, the importance of early childhood education, all of those things are offered right here in our community. So please, if you're interested and you want to learn more, go to our website, call our intake number, 630-784-4800. 
um, to learn more so that we can provide the assistance that may be needed to a neighbor, to yourself, to a relative. Thank you. We really thank appreciate you. you stopping by. Okay, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Metropolitan Family Services DuPage is also hosting a virtual event on May 6th to further explore behavioral health and the services they provide. If you're interested, please go and visit their website for more information. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Be a Naperville Crime Stopper. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette, and joining me now is Phil Spencer from Naper Voice. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Jane. Yeah, I'm excited to have you because we haven't met before, mm -hmm. and I this is a brand new organization, so I'm always fascinated to hear about that. But let's start a little bit with you. Tell me a little bit about your musical background. Well, I uh, have been studying music since the age of five. Just a couple of years ago. Just a couple of years ago, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I've been a full-time professional musician for over 30 years. Half that time was in uh, college teaching in Illinois and Iowa. Other half the time was as a professional church musician in uh, Ohio, Minnesota, and Illinois. Okay. Uh, got my master's degree in music from Yale University School of Music and did some doctoral work at the University of Iowa and uh, did a year of study in Berlin, Germany too, which was a, a great experience for a young person to spend a year abroad. And uh, I've directed choirs of all different kinds throughout my career from uh, children age five on through adults of an infinite age, let's just say. Uh, I really enjoy choral music so much, vocal music so much. Uh, and uh, after retiring from my college position last May, just one month ago, I started to play the uh, grand piano in the lobby of Edward Hart Hospital oh, nice. two days a week uh, as a volunteer. So uh, that gives me the immediate satisfaction that's nice for a musician to have uh, as people are sitting there or walking through. And uh, the choir was more of a long-term uh, project. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, certainly, I feel like music is in your life. It's in your blood. Music I'm not is, sure you'll qualify uh, for other things, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't play golf. <laughs> love that, love that. So let's talk about Napa Voice. You know, what kind of motivated you to start this new choir here in Naperville? Yeah. Well, you mentioned music being in my blood, and, and music is, is foremost passion of mine. And uh, I think back about that film, The Intern. You remember mm -hmm. that with Robert yes. De Niro? One of my favorites. And his quote was something to the effect that musicians never retire. They just quit when there's no more music left in them. And uh, I don't expect that to ever happen to me. I don't expect to ever retire from music. So bef uh, a couple of years before I actually retired from teaching, after surviving the uh, year of online teaching that we all went through, uh, I started to think, how am I going to continue this uh, 
this music making in a way that's going to be satisfying for me. So one of the ideas uh, was this new choir in, in Naperville called Naper Voice. I gave some thought to the, uh, to the title too, of course. Of course. And uh, the mission of it is uh, very succinct, sing well, do good. And I have to credit my brother, uh, my younger brother, who runs a diner uh, for the past 30 years in, in Ohio for that. I ran that by him first because his motto of his diner has been, eat, pay, get out. <laughs> so I said, okay, okay, I promise you that my mission statement will be just as concise. I love that. Well, and part of what I love is that oftentimes mission statements are very, very long, and we kind of forget yeah. what they are. But that's that's a very easy one and very succinct. So yeah. talk a little bit about that, because I feel like that kind of leads into maybe the kinds of singers that you're looking to attract to your choir. Exactly. Well, I wanted the choir to accomplish a couple of things beside enable me to continue uh, making music at the level I wanted to. One was to give back to this fantastic community that I've lived in with my wife, Pam, for 28 years. Uh, and I knew I wanted that to be part of my retirement process. Each concert will be giving uh, all proceeds above expenses to a different charitable organization, uh, local charitable organization uh, in Naperville, starting with Feed My Starving Children nice. in November, nice. um, or in the area, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part of the do good is I wanted to provide a way to give uh, singers, uh, the singers I've known and loved, over the years, uh, some way of uh, getting some employment through choral singing. Mm. Paid choirs are uh, still a, a rather new phenomenon around the country. There are about 50 uh, paid choirs, a uh, little uh, newer than a paid orchestra, for example. Uh, Naperville has a bevy of wonderful choirs uh, for all ages, uh, church, community, um, a school, certainly. Mm -hmm but Naperville has no uh, paid choir and no uh, uh, philanthropic choir at this point, full-time. So I wanted to accomplish that as well. My wife said, well, where does that leave me? I'm not a paid singer. She wanted to, she's always been a part of my choirs. So I, I thought about that a little bit and thought, let's make this a hybrid choir. There'll be opportunities for paid singers, up to 16 paid singers. Uh, per concert, but there'll also be equal opportunity for volunteer singers okay. to sing along together with those. And uh, so those two populations will mesh well together and provide those opportunities. So that's the good, the do good part. The sing well is I hope um, I can lift all the singers, whether they are compensated or not compensated, to a higher level of singing. Uh, that's why the group is going to be auditioned. Um, uh, I hope it'll also challenge me uh, in my retirement to continue making music at a high level as I did at the college, uh, in the college situations, the church situations I've been at. So uh, sing well, do good pretty much sums it up for us. I like that. I like that. Now, when you talk about, um, you know, 16 paid singers, would it be the same number of, of volunteers? Is that right? So ab about 32 there would in be the spot choir? actually spots for more volunteer singers. Okay. So I'm telling people, I'm hoping for anywhere from 35 to 40 okay. uh, singers uh, and have 16 applicants at this point. So there's certainly room okay. room for more. Auditions uh, will begin uh, in two weeks. Okay. So I'm setting up times for those now. So okay. this is a great time to be doing this interview in terms of people getting on board in the next couple of weeks and becoming a part. The audition process will be rolling a rolling one through the Got month you. of May and possibly even into June. It's like rolling admissions at a college. Yeah, it is, yeah. you know, so yeah. I'll, keep, I'll keep hearing uh, people. Our first concert is not until November of this year, and the rehearsals will not begin until September. And where do you expect to be uh, singing? 
In Naperville, certainly. Okay. Uh, still negotiating a, a possible site for our first concert. Very close to announcing that, but uh, looking at a couple of different Naperville churches. Okay. Uh, who can buy into that uh, philanthropic uh, mission that we have, I think. And the rehearsals will probably be at a Naperville church as well. So I would just tell people to stay tuned about that. We'll okay. be announcing that very soon. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, just thinking in terms of, is there any minimum age? College age and older. Okay, college age uh, and older. And we will also, we also are offering a couple of internships for college students, uh, three-month internships, uh, one, in, one for a student conductor and another for a student soloist singer. Okay. So they can apply for that. Uh, I know that all college students could use a little extra income and a little extra experience. To put an internship on their resume would not be a bad thing. Absolutely. And we'll also be uh, offering an internship to a local high school student uh, each time. This particular time it's going to be for an instrumentalist, uh, specifically a violinist, okay. who will be playing a solo on our concert as well as accompanying uh, one of the pieces on the concert. So okay. I'm, I'll be looking for one of the best young violinists in the city of Naperville. Uh, but other than that, it's open to uh, everyone to audition from college age uh, through, I would say, infinity. Okay, again, so. I love that, I love that. Well, Phil, you've given us so much information about this new choir and your passion just really comes through. So. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I, I, we can tell and I love that. So we wish you all the best uh, and thank you for coming on. I am very glad and I hope I'll be able to come back uh, another time and perhaps talk about the concert. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And if you would like to find out more information about Napa Voice and how to audition, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the DuPage Children's Museum are Andrea Wiles and Larry Larson. Welcome to the show. Good to see you both. Um, I'm going to start out with you, Andrea. Uh, you have an important role and mission in the community. But sometimes people think about you as kind of more that fun place to play. I know you're more. Say more. Well, let's just say yes and, right? <laughs> I mean, we are that. We are about play. We are always about fun. Um, and we are a lot more than that as well. We really take our mission and vision very, very seriously. So we're here to nurture joyful discovery and learning and to ensure that all children can thrive through extraordinary experiences. And we view it as our job to make sure we're reaching children and their families where they are. Uh, and the way you reach people is to have fun mm -hmm. and be engaging. And so this fun is something that uh, we embrace and we embrace it in the building, outside the building, wherever kids are. I love that. I love that. Larry, now you've been in the community a while and you've been a member and now you're on the board. So what say you? 
Well, I, I will echo what Andrea just said. Uh, we've been in Naperville now about 12 years. Uh, my kids are grown, but we were uh, very ardent members uh, of the museum for a number of years. And in fact, I, I tell Andrea, I still have our wooden nail thing uh, on our shelf from that. Um, but it, it was more than that. Uh, it was a place that not only could they have fun, but they could learn. And, and that was very um, advantageous for my wife and I uh, while they were growing up, yeah. uh, really you know, combining learning uh, with the fun attributes. And, and now we're you know, even building upon that more and more as we go into the future. Yeah, yep. I well, and I think, and you know, Andrea, we've talked about this before, but you know, obviously the pandemic uh, had a very big impact on uh, your museum, other museums around the country. Um, but there was also a lot of learning that came through that. So how are the things that you learned during the pandemic really influencing and, and driving through the work that you're doing today? Yeah, well, uh, in a lot of ways, it really was uh, a learning experience. Um, and part of that is uh, we, we believe in learning from failure. Everybody should, building resilience. We've all had a shot at doing that, right? Um, so I think there was some really a couple of really significant ways that it informed what we were doing. We knew even before the pandemic started during those few months that I had been here that we have remarkable relationships throughout the communities in this area, but that we wanted to go deeper. We wanted to reapproach partnership so that we could understand really the landscape serving our children and families and really figure out what could our role be to support our partner social service agencies, YMCAs, YWCAs, everybody in supporting the families. So we've spent a lot of time during the pandemic not asking our partners what can we do for them, you know, take our program as it is, but talking to them and learning from them about what their needs are, what the needs are, the families they served, and how we could get fun, engaging, exceptional STEAM experiences to the kids they're serving wherever they were. And that really speaks to sort of that whole coming together for greater impact, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, uh, you know, as we think about the future and we uh, hone in on some strategic priorities, first and foremost, it is about more deeply understanding our community partners because our our impact is not dependent on the building. Another key learning point, right? Yeah. So uh, we know that exceptional play and experiences can happen in out-of-school time programs. They can happen at DuPage pads. They can happen at bridge communities, wherever they are. We have, we have the technology. We have the know-how, <laughs> right, to, uh, to create the programs to train other adults in delivering programs, which means that just the capacity of all of us to support our children in their development, it's just exponential. And those relationships and that, that understanding, that mutual understanding that we developed with partners during the pandemic is really informing our direction of the future. And Larry, I, I talk about that from a board standpoint. How is the board coming behind and engaging in this work? Well, I view the board's role as really supporting the management team and the strategic direction. Um, and we have 27 members now, uh, all of whom have diverse and wonderful backgrounds. But one thing they have in common is just a passion for the museum. 
a passion for education. And that's one thing we've been trying to really instill. Um, you know, for a while, you know, people will look at boards uh, for nonprofits as just fundraising. We are much more than that. Uh, really, we want to take it to a place where we are bringing together the best knowledge we can, the best experiences we can, the best network we can to help the museum achieve its goals. So that's really what we're trying to do with the board right now, is to really focus it on what can you bring from your passion to the museum. And then we will use that and, and build a, a better future for the whole entire organization. Yeah, absolutely. Andrea. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's just um, a testament to the board leadership and the direction, the path that this organization has been on under Mark Turnbacki's leadership and now Larry. Larry um, understood immediately that saying it's a fundraising board kind of makes a lot of people nervous in a way they don't need to be because that feels like a, you're being asked to be a professional in something you're not a professional, right? And, uh, and really fundamentally for us to be successful, it's about people understanding our vision and wanting to help us get there. And for that to happen, we have to help show, we have to make it transparent. We, and one of the things that we're doing then is really expanding the way people see us. So you're right. People did originally see us as play and early learning. But you know what? We are about creativity. We are about science, technology, engineering, art, mathematics, all of those things. And now we understand, you know, we invest the first eight years of a child's life, that family is with us in this area. It's a remarkable resource to be, I mean, eight years, that's a long time to be with, with a family like Larry's, right? Well, you know what? That's right when the kids and the families are staring down the face of some of the most traumatic times, and I say that as an experienced mother, of going through, <laughs> as going through the middle grades, right? Yeah. And uh, so that investment and that relationship that's happened, we now, are able to engage with board members and others who, yes, understand the importance of early learning and play, but also understand the importance of providing opportunities for older kids to participate, um, to problem solve, to be our next generation of solution builders, and to do that alongside their family members, their caring adults, so that they can navigate those relationships together we feel like we have a responsibility after eight years or more of, of being a go-to place for the family to stick with it through those years. And so that's kind of a, that's a critical next step. And it relates to what Larry's saying about, this isn't about fundraising, it is about friend raising and networks, understanding what we're doing, how it aligns with people's passions and building those connections because oh, it's 100%. having fun ourselves, right? Heck I mean, yeah. You know, Boy, I think it sounds fun. like you're having some fun. I, right? I, yeah, yeah. It I is. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much for coming by today. I really appreciate it. I wish you continued good success and thank open you. doors, even though I know you're in a hyper, you know, a hybrid model. Yeah. I still wish you open doors for the rest of 2022. Right. So right. thank you. Thank you. And if you would like more information about the DuPage Children's Museum, please go and visit their website. I'm going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organization featured on this episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com.
And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.